Welcome to the Andy Griffin Show. Wake up! With your chance to sound off, give your opinion, and tell us your thoughts. It's on. It's now. It's here. It's the Andy Griffin Show on News Radio 890. 92.5. KDXU, Southern Utah's news talk leader. All right, got a little bit of negative stuff to start the show, and then the rest of the show is going to be good vibes and positivity on this cold Tuesday morning in Utah's Dixie. By the way, uh, we always talk about the snow. Uh, The reason I live in St. George, don't have to shovel sunshine, right? That's the common thing. Makes sense, but maybe even more than that, think about this right now. Oh, it's cold here. It's 20 degrees in St. George. But in Cedar, they got down to minus two. Right now, it's one in Cedar. One. One degree. Uh, and uh, similar temperatures in uh, in northern Utah. So, you know, people can say, oh, how can you stand St. George in August and July? It's so hot. It's 107 and it's brutal. You know what? I'd rather have 107 any day than one. <laughs> Welcome to the show. I am Andy. Thanks for tuning in. Ten minutes after nine o'clock, had one guest scheduled. He couldn't, ended up having a scheduling conflict. Another person I asked to be on, it's just they couldn't, they couldn't swing it. And uh, so uh, we've got a couple of topics that, uh, like I said, I want to get to. First of all, so I had a chance uh, this morning to talk to uh, NBC News Radio's Rory O'Neill. This was about uh, almost two hours ago. And uh, Rory had, well, I'm going to let you listen to this. It's about five minutes long. Uh, and uh, Rory gives us an update on a couple of things of uh, national interest. Here's, here's me and Rory. Good morning on this cold, cold day here in southern Utah. I'm Andy. We've got Rory O'Neill on the phone line with me, NBC News Radio. Rory, I am so sick and tired of the illegal crossings in Mexico. Wait, what? Wait, illegal crossings in Canada? What? (laughs) Right? Just when you think you've got your eye on the ball. Uh, Yeah, no, we've seen this huge spike, a 743% increase in the number of illegal crossings from Canada into the U.S., Now, this has been measured in what they call the Swanton sector. That's the part of the Canadian-U.S. border near New York, Vermont, and New Hampshire. Hmm. Uh, That's where they've stopped 441 people just in the last quarter of 2022, coming in from 19 different countries trying to enter the U.S. Yeah, if we thought it was just Canadians, we'd be like, all right, so some more maple syrup. Big deal, right? But but no, these aren't Canadians that are coming across from Canada, are they? No, these are people who have flown into Canada and either couldn't get work in Canada and then come to the U.S. out of desperation or people who think, hey, let's sneak around the southern border and try through the northern border. And look, this is a dangerous trek. It was a year ago this week that a family of four from India actually died because of the cold weather, the snow, the exposure. Um, you know, And now even this past Saturday, we had the Royal Canadian Mounted Police uh, finding a man in about chest-deep snow near Quebec trying to cross into the U.S. And there are human smugglers involved in these operations as well, one of them from Florida who's been arrested and is now uh, facing charges and a trial in July. Seems like a bad time of year to, to try to cross illegally from Canada. I mean, uh, we just 
40 miles from here, there's a town, Cedar City, is at minus one today. Oh. And uh, I'm thinking Canada is probably somewhere in that neighborhood as well. I mean, these guys uh, must be pretty desperate to get into the United States. Yeah, more like minus 20 and in oh. about four feet of snow in the overnight hours for these people trying to make the crossing. Yeah, just absolutely brutal conditions. I think that's what they're trying to do now is warn the people, no, it's, uh, you know, you may be from Southeast Asia and not familiar with uh, what the Canadian border temperatures are like. This is not the time of year to try to make this crossing. Uh, and it's absolutely dangerous. And, you know, I don't think there's going to be a big focus uh, from border protection to try to stop this. You know, it's a few hundred people, a few hundred thousand people are crossing the border each month in Texas. So, uh, you know, I don't think there'll be a huge focus on this, but try to get the message out that it's a dangerous journey. All right, Roy, what's the latest? Uh, he, he goes on to talk a little bit about Ukraine, and we'll get to that in a minute. But I wanted to spend a minute talking about the desperation that someone must feel to try to walk across the border in Canada where it's minus 20 degrees. There is snow at pla- in places up to, well, chest high, five feet high, five foot high snow uh, banks, and uh, people are walking across. And you start thinking, well, who are these people? They're obviously not Canadians. They're Canadians, they you know, first of all, you can cross the border legally with a passport. And second of all, Canadians all seem pretty, pretty darn happy, eh, uh, where they're at. So who are these people that are, that are crossing the border to get into America. Well, you heard Rory say maybe some people who are desperate, you know, and looking for a better life. Uh, I dare say, though, that a big segment of the people crossing illegally into the United States, both at the Mexican Mexican border, but also now up in Canada, are people who have a past that they don't want to uh, come to light. People who would not be able to legally get into the country. Uh, people who would do harm uh, to our country. We are lucky. Right now in St. George, Utah, uh, the illegal uh, people who come in, in the country illegal, illegal aliens, there, there's some here, yes, but not like, you know, in El Paso or Uvalde or, or any of the, the towns, you know, uh, Yuma, that are close to the Mexican border. Uh, but, you know, it's just a matter of time. It's just a matter of time. They will be here. And uh, there are a lot of them with, first of all, the culture is different. The way they approach it, you know, I, I spent, I got to go down to Mexico this past summer. And the culture is different. The, the way they believe things, the way they feel about things, even something as stupid as uh, keeping a clean yard uh, or the way you supervise your children. They're different. And I'm not saying that they're wrong. I'm saying they don't know any better. If they've been taught a certain way uh, through their culture and they come to the United States, they're not they're going to behave the way they've been taught. They're not going to look at what we do and go, okay, well, now I can act this way because I'm in a more civilized area. Uh, And then those bad actors, those, those those people who really, really want to do harm to our country, to our government, to our uh, everyday populace. Uh, they're coming, and they're coming undetected. Uh, what do they call them? Getaways? The ones that, you know, get past the, the, the border, past the guards, and, 
And now to find out that it's, I mean, I know it's a small trickle compared to what's happening on the southern border, but uh, nevertheless, they're coming. All right, uh, I'll continue my conversation with Rory. About two minutes left in it, talking about Ukraine now. Over in Ukraine, uh, we're sending them tanks. Germany's sending them tanks. Is that going to be enough? Well, you know, they've said thanks for the tanks. Tanks a lot. Uh, but can you send some planes and some long-range missiles as well? Oh. Look, Ukraine has been asking for planes since the very beginning of this conflict, almost a year ago. President Biden has sort of drawn the line on that one, saying, no, I'm not going to give you planes or long-range missiles. We will help you defend yourself, but we're not going to send you offensive weapons. Uh, you know, the thing is, once you give the planes over to the Ukrainians, they can do what they want with them, and then we sort of get on the hook for that. Yeah, they're, they're definitely not come back, coming back. I heard there's a, an Air Force graveyard in, in New Mexico. Maybe we could send them some old planes. Right, not a bad idea. That you know, they'd be passenger jets for the most part. I don't know if they'd want a, something from Pan Am. But, uh, <laughs> oh, be a long man. flight to get it over there. It, you know, I did a show on on Ukraine the other day. Just to, the, the, my fear is, and, and maybe you can address this. Say Ukraine starts winning the war. Say Ukraine, you know, gets enough ammo and they get enough support, and they push Russia back. Uh, don't, don't we kind of think that Vladimir Putin is, is a little bit crazy, and if he gets pushed into a corner or to save face, he may do something, like, really, really bad? Well, you know, I'm thinking back to, what, I'll, I'll say nine months ago, uh, three months after the conflict began, eight months ago, uh, when we said, well, how does Putin save face to get out of this thing? Because when, when we first learned that Russia wasn't going to take Kiev in three days, we all started thinking, well, how do they withdraw yet still, you know, claim a little bit of a victory? And we still don't have any clearer idea of that uh, path. And, you know, President Zelensky has said he's not going to surrender an inch of territory. You know, the most of the world has called this invasion illegal. Uh, you know, Zelensky says he wants the Crimean Peninsula back, even though Russian forces have been there now for eight or nine years. So, yeah, that, that this exit strategy, this soft landing, still a bit of a mystery. Yeah. Well, take your suggestions if you've got one. <laughs> I've, I've got none. Thank you. I just, like I said, it's, it's a concern. I'm not saying we shouldn't support Ukraine and help them defend themselves. I just worry if you know, push too hard and then put, well, Putin, right. Putin does, feels yeah, like... We, yeah, Putin's got a fragile ego. You can tell he's a bit of an egomaniac. So yeah. how do we protect that and give him cover? No one's figured out a good way to do it yet. Maybe the answer is getting rid of Putin somehow. Do you, you know anybody that can take care of that, Rory? I, uh, get me Jack Bauer on the phone. <laughs> All right. He's Rory O'Neill from NBC News Radio. Thank you, Rory. Thanks, Andy. So, again, the concern is not, not just locally here. It's not just me spouting off. It's a national concern. Vladimir Putin, if he doesn't get his way, may do who knows what. All right, uh, let's, uh, okay, that was, those were the, kind of the two negatives, right? The Canadian border people coming across and then the Ukraine thing. Let's, let's go positive for the rest of the show. First of all, uh, this is really cool. This is from St. George Police Department. Uh, I'm just going to read a little bit of their post. It says, in 2022, SGPD had over 500 DUI arrests. Impaired driving is dangerous, but very preventable. Many citizens have been affected by an impaired driver, my family included. So it's always uh, fulfilling when we hear something positive come from a bad situation. Uh, and then it po they point to this letter. They, St. George Police Department got this letter. Uh, 
said, Dear Officer Painter, this is, and then we'll leave their name out, you pulled me over, arrested me on DUI on, uh, on August 30th of last year. I want to thank you. Without that arrest, I would be dead. Since that night, I've done residential treatment successfully. I am now in aftercare treatment. I have a little over 90 days clean. I have a clear mind and will keep it that way. Thank you for your service as a service was given to me of recovery. I love you and appreciate your work. Uh, the post goes on to say, this case highlights two components of our mission statement at St. George Police Department, to preserve life and promote individual responsibility. So we celebrate this achievement. When contact with law enforcement is made, the hope is that it changes behavior for the better. We urge you to use one of the many transportation options, friends, family, neighbors, etc. anytime you feel impaired, whether that's due to alcohol, prescription drugs, medicine, etc. I remember when I was having some of my physical ailments last year, uh, I was on pretty heavy medic medication. I don't know, it was Percocet or morphine or whatever it was. And about a day and a half out, uh, well, no, it, it, was, it was, so I was out of the hospital. I was home and I had taken one of those to help me uh, through with, with some pain issues I was having. And uh, the next morning, I, I said, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm good now. I, I mean, I'm still in pain, but I'm okay. And uh, my wife said, all right, should we, go, should we run to the store? And I said, okay. And I grabbed my keys, and she said, what are you doing? I said, go to the store. She's like, well, you can't drive. And I was like, what do you mean I can't drive? I haven't had any narcotics in me for, like, I don't know, 18 hours. She said, well, they're still in your system. And uh, I said, but I'm not impaired. I feel 100% clear-headed, logical, uh, bright-eyed and bushy-tailed, as it were. And she said, I don't care. Until you have one, 24 hours without any narcotics in your system, uh, you're not driving. I was, I, I, I'm not going to lie. I was a little bit put out. I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> I can drive. I'm fine. But uh, th that kind of encapsulates how a lot of people who are impaired, even in the smallest of way, uh, they feel. I've had friends who drink. I don't drink. But I have friends who drink, and, you know, after a couple of beers or whatever, they're, they're buzzed, but they're like, ah, I'm fine. Are you kidding me? And to suggest to them, well, how about if you let me drive? They look at you like you're crazy. They're like, I'm not drunk. I had two beers or whatever and, and uh i can tell you even buzzed buzzed is drunk buzzed buzzed is against the law driving while well, buzzed is a, against the law i love this letter that somebody took the time to write uh to say look you may not have you know every, everything that you touch upon may not be successful for you but you know what this one worked and thank you so much you you saved my life. I think that's that's really cool. Another cool story from local law enforcement. This is from the Washington County Sheriff's Office. Uh, it says, uh, let me tell you the story of a good boy, goodest boy. Last night while patrolling I-15, canine deputy Cyrus was bored. That's the dog, the canine. He wanted his toy, even though he was distracted, knowing his toy was just there in the front seat. He spotted a vehicle traveling north that was speeding. 
knowing his handler probably thought it was too cold to get out of the car and probably didn't want to make the traffic stop, canine uh, Cyrus pulled rank on his handler and made him stop the car. I'm not sure how he's barking at him or whatever. After stopping the car, canine Cyrus grew suspicious and sniffed around, telling his handler there was more to this stop than meets the eye. His handler searched the vehicle on canine Cyrus's insistence, locating over 204 pounds of methamphetamine and over 7 pounds of heroin. Good job, canine Cyrus. You really are the goodest boy. And in the end, canine Cyrus got his toy and... uh, God, the bad guy as well. Another cool success story uh, from the Washington County Sheriff's Department. I I like that story. I think that is uh, super, super cool. By the way, I noticed, too, St. George and uh, uh, Washington County Sheriff's Department both are hiring. Uh, It is real. The struggle is real. I mean, if you think about uh, the competitiveness of this particular field, Right. They, first of all, you have the national media once again with what happened in Memphis. The national media saying defund the police or, or you know, cut down on the police. The police is the problem, and uh, so you've got all that going on. Uh, and then you have the highway patrol raising wages. I heard it was ten dollars an hour raise because they want to get the best of the best uh, working for Utah Highway Patrol. Well, that's fine and good, but if you raise your wages, guess what? St. George City, Washington City, SCI, Santa Clara Ivins, Hurricane, they've all got to raise their wages. Washington County Sheriff, they've got to raise their wages because uh, their best are going to leave and they want their best to stay in town. It's a it's a domino effect, and I'm sure it's, it's quite frustrating for the uh, leadership of uh, St. George uh, City. And, uh, you know, they're just going to have to do what they can to keep the best officers uh, that they can. Uh, By the way, coming up next week, it's a week from today, is the uh, State of the City Address. And uh, along with the State of the City Address, uh, not technically related, but in the same area and at the same time, it is the uh, Transportation Expo. That's next Tuesday. I think the Transportation Expo goes all day. It's like 11 to 6 or something like that. The State of the City Address is at 3 p.m., uh, and again, it's, I think it's called Our Path Forward. That's their little subtitle. State of the City Address, Our Path Forward. So uh, again, that uh, that is a week from today. Make some plans, put it on your calendar. I already have it on mine. In fact, uh, my wife is so good at keeping the electronic calendar. Like Stuff will pop up. I'm like, oh, I, I didn't even remember that. And she's like, yeah, that's why I do it, sweetheart. So... Uh, KDXU news time is uh, 9.28. There was a couple other things I wanted to get to, and I'm trying to decide if I should try to jump into those before we go to our weather break or wait until afterward. I think I'll wait till afterward. It is worth mentioning that power is out right now in Hurricane Leverkin and Tokerville, well, parts of Hurricane, uh, all the way out to Colorado City. I don't know if this is part of the uh, extreme cold temperatures that we're experiencing right now or if this is uh, uh, coincidental to that but it is a big power outage on the east side from all the way to zion national park i believe uh the east side of washington county uh hurricane parts of hurricane leverkin tokerville maybe even all the way out to springdale uh, having some power outages uh, problems 
right now. If uh, boy, if you uh, know somebody that is maybe lives alone out there, or somebody who could use a little aid, uh, you know, now would be a good time to make some phone calls and get some things done. Uh, as far as that's concerned, in fact, one of the things I want to talk about when we come back is uh, the human human need, human desire to help others. It's real. It's strong, and I have a really good example that I'll get to uh, after we take a time out, after we come back again. Uh, you're listening to The Andy Griffin Show on News Radio 890, 92.5 KDXU. We'll take a, a time out. We'll have weather, a couple of commercials, and then we'll be right back in your face here on The Andy Griffin Show. Uh, welcome back. Thank you for uh, being here. Um, so many notes for the uh, show today. Uh, make sure I find the right one. I'm Andy. Thanks uh, again for tuning in. It's 9:34 on KDXU. Again, the power out on the east side of the county right now, and uh, I know the uh, county is uh, well, the, the cities in particular, cities Hurricane Leverk and Tokerville. I heard out all the way out to Springdale. I'm sure they're working feverishly to figure out. Uh, I don't know that it's necessarily weather-related, although we are experiencing some very, very cold temperatures. Uh, more likely, something's happened to one of the substations, one of the big old power lines that comes into to town. But uh, we'll keep you updated. We'll find out any, anything more during the, uh, during the uh, show today. Great article online. Uh, Naomi Wolf. Dot com. Uh, it, I, it actually was linked from, I think it was from a LouRockwell.com, but uh, great story. Uh, Dr. Wolf herself was out for a walk with her dog. She has a young, really a puppy, a 10-month-old puppy named Loki. Uh, and uh, while she was out walking, of course, when you have a puppy, and this is a pretty big dog, you know, I mean, it, it it's it's one of those dogs that that pulls on you 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 walk it or it walks you or something like that, pulls on the leash. So uh, she is not a huge lady, but she's walking with her dog, and the dog is pulling on her, and it's snowy and icy there in Massachusetts. Uh, anyway, uh, they hit a patch of sidewalk that turns out to be pretty icy, pretty uh, slick, uh, and her feet go out from under her. She goes flying in the air lands hard on her shoulder and uh in in the process of crashing she uh lets go of the leash so loki her dog runs away uh and um she is in on the sidewalk uh, about three blocks from her house uh, in a lot of pain she said i was unable to get up and i realized with horror that i could not move my left arm or hand at all and to boot, Loki, her dog, was uh, already a good 100 feet away uh, with the leash dragging behind her. So Naomi, her name is Naomi, she says she started shouting, help, please help me. She was in a lot of pain. She was screaming. Her, her uh, We'll find out later her shoulder was broke. She broke her shoulder. Uh, and she started screaming and, and asking for help. 
And uh, let me pick up the story from from there. She says, amazingly, I soon felt someone kneel beside me. Now, keep in mind, there's about eight inches of snow. There's ice everywhere. It is a winter, not even a wonderland, just a winter land. It's just a, a bad winter scene uh, in the suburbs, in uh, Boston suburbs. And uh, she says, a woman has come out of her nearby home having heard my screams. She was seeking to calm me even as someone else showed up and called 911. The lady in uh, Naomi, in her state of uh, panic, said, please get my puppy. Uh, Miraculously, another woman appeared from another house, I believe from across the street. I heard two voices then gently luring Loki back toward where I lay, and then my heart was in my throat until one woman was able to seize his leash and handle him securely. Uh, in her injured and pained state, she said, please tell my husband what happened. Uh, and then another lady said, uh, please, uh, uh, please call my husband or uh, maybe take my dog home if you can. Uh, amazingly, this neighbor took Loki three blocks away, accurately located our address, knocked on our door, gave Loki safely to Brian, and told him that I had fallen. Amazingly, too, another neighbor, an older man, appeared out of nowhere while all this was happening, a look of concern on his face, and bearing a pillow and blanket. The neighbors deliberated about not using the pillow as they decided that they should not move me in case there was a spinal injury. Meanwhile, I felt myself starting to sink into shock. I felt my heart rate slowing. I grew colder and began to tremble. I felt that sense of my body and mind can't take this pain any longer. I'm about to lose consciousness. Then the four neighbors, working together, put the blanket gently over me. The sidewalk was frozen and my body temperature kept dropping, keeping me warm. Uh, The blanket, I'm sure, prevented me from going into shock or hypothermia, and their decision not to move my head also helped me to avoid further injury. The first woman who had come out to help me knelt beside me in the snow and asked about my dog's breeze. She kept chatting with me. This cannot have been pleasant for her, as I was still inarticulate, howling and groaning. I realized, even in my increasing confusion and agony, that she was making small talk with me in order to keep me from passing out. My husband arrived, the ambulance EMT came, uh, yeah, took care of her, uh, eventually got her to the hospital where she had suffered severe bruises and a broken shoulder, but was otherwise going to be okay. Uh, there's more to the story. You can read more about it, like I said, on Naomi Wolf, N-A-O-M-I Wolf, W-O-L-F, dot com. Uh, but the point of the story is is this. Uh, four strangers came out at once into the freezing street at the sound of a human voice in distress. Four strangers stayed at the uncomfortable, no doubt upsetting scene, prioritizing a stranger's and a little pup's visible risks over what else they had been doing at that moment and over their own cozy comfort. Remember, it was cold and snowy. Strangers patiently lured, then secured, and thus saved the life of my little dog. A stranger patiently brought him home and let my husband know I was hurt. A stranger had held my good hand and talked to me of random subjects in freezing temperatures for quite some time so that I would not pass out. A stranger had brought me a pillow and a blanket of his own and put the blanket down for me on the icy, gritty sidewalk. The decency of these people, who themselves may not have even known one another, created an instinctive choreography of goodness, which was life-saving. 
Now think about this. You, you and I live in a town. I would like to think stuff like this would happen for us. Um, we need help from our fellow human beings. There are times when we can't do it on our own. And, and I, I, I say this metaphorically, but also literally. Uh, how many times have you seen someone, the car broke down at an intersection and needed a little push? I can tell you during my lifetime, I'll bet it's happened a dozen times. Have you jumped out to help? Have you justified not jumping out to help? Have you, uh, you know, I had three strong sons, and I, I remember many a times I was driving. Maybe I didn't jump out to help, but I pulled over, and, and I sent my three sons out there to help. Uh, sometimes I would get out and help uh, myself. I remember uh, years ago, man, this would have been 1987, 88. I had an old uh, Ford Mustang, a 67 Mustang, and uh, one of the problems with my old Mustang was it had a sticky brake. And so sometimes if you weren't really vigilant, the brake would stick. And if you went in, say, I, I was in college at the time, going to class, and my brake lights would stay on the whole time and then it would kill my battery. So this happened to me one time while I was in class. I came out to get in my car. I noticed the brake lights were on. I'm like, oh, no, I hope I got here in time. Turned the turn the ignition and it was click 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 yeah battery was dead this was an old uh, old standard transmission so fortunately i was able to uh by myself push it out of the parking spot i was in uh, problem is uh the downhill direction was blocked with other cars the only way i could go was a slight uphill rise there's no way I was going to push, even though they weren't real big in the 67 Mustangs, they were made out of American steel. There was no way I was going to be able to push this car up slightly up the hill, jump in, pop the clutch, and get the engine to start. It, it, it wasn't going to happen. There's no way I could have done that. Now, after a little while, and this was pre-cell phones, but after a little while, my girlfriend, who was now my wife at the time, came along, and I thought, well, and I put her in the car, and I said, well, okay, you stay in the car. I'll push it, and we'll, we'll pop the clutch and, and get this thing started. I tried to push that car up that hill, and I got a foot or two, and I realized there's no way. In fact, if I, you know, this is a dangerous deal, it could come rolling back on me, although I did have my girlfriend inside to push a brake if necessary. But as I, was, uh, as I had stopped and was contemplating what in the heck am I going to do, there appeared three young men, college kids probably i was in college too they said let's get this thing started and i said well I, my wife's never done this before or my girlfriend i guess at the time's never done this before so she's not sure how to start it uh and and they said no problem you get in the car we'll push it we'll get this thing started so i got in the car turned the ignition on put it in neutral uh, and or actually pushed the clutch in put it in gear and they pushed and got it going and i was able to pop the clutch and get the car started that's the way we used to do things back in the day. But uh, it was a small gesture. And yet here I am uh, 20, what was it? 26 years ago, 26 years later, 27 years later, whatever it was, uh, talking about the service that those uh, three young men rendered to me. They helped me get my silly old car started. That's, you know, we can't lose that. In our 
Oh, we talked about it yesterday with Lawrence Reed. In in our effort to be right, sometimes we lose the humanity of ourselves. We lose the kindness, the you know, the the things that make us human beings. And we cannot lose that. As much as I dislike the idea of a drag show during the daytime in front of the children of St. George, I'm going to fight that tooth and nail with every with every fiber of my being. If one of those guys, uh, you know, slips on the ice and, and, and is injured, I'll help him. If one of those guys' car stalls and needs help to, to push it out of the intersection or, or whatever, I'm going to help him. And I hope that we will all do that. I hope we will all make the decision that, look, Someone needs help. I'm going to help them. I think St. George is good at that. I think Washington County is good at that. Uh, but, you know, I think the world's starting to lose its humanity, and that, that makes me sad. Just got an update from uh, somebody said the uh, the power outage is most likely related to the high winds. Uh, let's see. Uh, it has been howling wind for a day and a half, and... Uh, they do have a up by Sky Mountain Golf Course. They do have power back, so that's good. I'm not sure if power has been restored to the whole area, but uh, here we go. A, a note from Hurricane City uh, Power Department. We are aware of an outage covering a large area of hurricane. The outage is caused by Rocky Mountain Power System. Our crews have been dispatched to work on an alternate power feed. An update will pr- be provided as we have an idea of time frame, thanks to Michael again for sending that my, that my way, and hopefully we can get everybody back, power working, and uh, we can restore the humanity and the sanity here in Southern Utah. Couple of news notes uh, from Northern Utah: the ACLU, oh yeah, is planning to uh, a court challenge to the recently passed ban on gender affirming surgery and hormone therapy for transgender youth. In other words, the ACLU is saying, hey, if mom and dad want to mutilate Johnny or Susie, they should be allowed to do that, for crying out loud. Uh, The group announced yesterday it plans to work with the National Center for Lesbian Rights to fight the new law. Not sure what lesbian rights has to do with it. In a statement, the ACLU said that the transgender children deserve to grow up without constant political attacks on their lives and health care. The group is already challenging a law passed last year that bans transgender athletes from competing in girls' high school sports. Ay, ay, ay. The ACLU, I would say, now, I, want, I don't want to dismiss them, condemn them out of hand, but I would say 90 of all lawsuits or all uh, causes taken up by the ACLU are are frivolous. And they're, uh, it's funny, they fight the very thing uh, that they are. Uh, They are prejudiced. They are pushy. They are overbearing. They are uh, promoting things that aren't, you know, right. Uh, a couple of other news notes. New state flag is going to have a slight adjustment. It passed the uh, Senate, but with a slight adjustment, they changed the eight-star little flag or little star in the middle to a five-star one. They uh, Someone said it looked too much like an asterisk. <laughs> okay. Uh, and then uh, what was the other one? Where did it go? Oh, yeah, Taylorsville. Holy smokes. Last night, two people were killed uh, 
in a shooting outside a Taylorsville apartment complex. It happened at about 45th South and about 9th West. That's, personally speaking, that's about, I don't know, was it 12 blocks from where my son and my grandkids live. Uh, the uh, Taylorsville Police Department said uh, the department received a call of shots fired outside the complex in addition to multiple calls that a vehicle had crashed in the parking lot. Responding officers officers discovered a silver passenger vehicle in a snowbank that apparently had struck a metal gate separating the parking lot from the nearby road. Two men inside the car had sustained gunshot wounds, police said. One of the two men was deceased when police arrived. Life-saving efforts for the second man were unsuccessful, and he died at the scene. Witnesses told police a potential shooter described as possibly a heavyset male fled eastward on foot. No arrests have been made, and in fact, police right now have no idea the identity of the man that uh, committed the crime. I mean, we, you know, it was a nationwide uh, search for the guy that committed the crime in, in Moscow, Idaho, people that were in their sleep. And I know this is slightly different, probably gang-related, who knows, but an unsolved murder right here in Utah, right, right up, just up there in Tannisville, that is, uh, that is scary stuff. Absol- <clears throat> absolutely scary stuff. Uh, all right, let's get this. Got another text. And again, thank you for texting into the show. If you want to text me, 435-467-5842. Uh, more, uh, another statement from Hurricane Power Department. Uh, update as of nine minutes ago, Rocky Mountain Power feeds a section of line to our Clifton Wilson substation. While we have been working on upgrading the line on 600 North, we currently have crews heading out to reconfigure lines to change the power feed to get off that Rocky Mountain power line while they work on their outage. We are aware of an outage outage covering a large area of hurricane. The outage is caused by Rocky Mountain power system. Our crews have been dispatched. It's kind of a repeat of what I said earlier to try to restore the power to uh, a lot of folks the lost power in the hurricane area and on the coldest day of the year as well so uh yeah hopefully they get that uh, taken care of and restored uh, i was able to write a couple of stories now the new focus again with our new owners town square media now owns kdxu as well as six other stations in the region uh, from like ksub in cedar city and star and b92 uh, cat country and uh their their focus is yes we want our radio to be as good as possible but we also want our radio stations websites to be top notch and that is part of that is getting the people who are on the air Aaron E DJ Mikey Andy Thompson uh, Jeff Cochran the people that are on the air to write uh, stories every single day uh, from their perspective uh, it's it's kind of interesting. I got into radio, so I didn't have to write anymore, and now I am writing again. But uh, I, you know, I've been a writer my whole life. I'm okay with it, and I'm going to keep doing it. Uh, anyway, uh, so I was able to publish uh, several stories in the, in the last few days. One of them uh, called uh, titled "Hey Bad Guys Not in St. George" uh, uh, documents a couple of guys from California who rented a car, came to St. George, and said, "Yeah, we're." St. George's is an easy mark. We're going to go to St. George. We're going to steal some stuff. We're going to go back to California 
and uh, we will uh, will uh, be in good shape. And this is a quote from the St. George Police Department. It said, last night, uh, an SGPD officer was driving by a local business when he noticed the front entrance window was broken. Several officers arrived and cleared the building but did not locate any suspects. Video footage showed two suspects attempt to pry open the door before throwing a rock through the window. It appeared as if they were testing the alarm system. A few hours later, the patrol sergeant drove by the business and observed a vehicle that matched the suspects near the business with the two males inside. Officers were able to link both subjects to this attempted burglary along with some burglary tools. During the investigation, officers ultimately tracked the suspects to a hotel and wrote a warrant for their room, which yielded additional evidence and drugs. It appears these individuals were in town from California in a rental car to steal as much as they could from St. George. They had no known ties to the community and possibly thought St. George City would be an easy target. They were wrong. I love that. Great statement from St. George Police. A lot of people are like, oh, don't taunt. You're taunting fate. You know, you're, you're telling people, oh, you know, but I think it's great. I think it's great what they did. A couple of other stories I had a chance to write about. Sam's Club, the, you know, the Walmart-owned Sam's Club. They have 600 stores throughout the United States. Uh, they announced they are going to, oh, they're doing well. They announced they have actually uh, never been busier, and they're going to open 30 new stores around the U.S. Uh, will St. George be one of them? I don't have the answer to that. Uh, they've, only, they've only released that they are, the, the first store out of the 30 new ones will be in Florida. But we got 29 shots at it, right? Uh when I was, uh, years ago, I owned vending machines, and this was in the 90s, and uh, we used to have to, this was before Costco was in town, used to have to drive to Vegas, and we'd hit Costco and Sam's Club to, because uh, one, they didn't, they didn't, we couldn't have just gone to one because they didn't carry all the things that we sold, and we had, so we had to hit both, but anyway, uh, we would stock up on things in Vegas and come home. And then around 2000, 2001, Costco opened here in St. George. And that was a, that was really nice for those of us in the vending business. Although I got out of the vending business not too long after that. Uh, but it was really nice to have that. But at around the same time, Sam's Club was also talking about opening a store in St. George. Uh, rumors, I had heard rumors that it was going to be out over, kind of kind of behind uh, over where Bed Bath & Beyond is, over behind In-N-Out Burger, maybe where Kohl's is now. Uh, anyway, for whatever reason, negotiations fizzled and they, they did not open a store. But if you think about a Sam's Club in St. George, I think, I think we're perfect candidates for a store like Sam's Club. First of all, Costco was always busy. If they had some competition as far as a membership store, I think that Sam's Club would be perfect uh, and, uh, and, uh, second of all, if you, if you look at the evidence, we have, uh, this time of year, over a hundred thousand people, probably 120,000 people that live in St. George and over 200,000 people that live in Washington County that would, uh, patronize the store, but we would go there and we would shop. Compare that with a regional center like Grand Junction, Colorado, which has 75,000 people is not a snowbird town. Uh, and yet they have a Sam's Club. I'm thinking to myself, yeah, we, we need one. And one other story I hope you'll hit, you'll go check out. Uh, the title of the story is Whatever Happened to the Town That Southern Utah Forgot About? The town is called Hookerton. Hookerton, Utah was located, we don't know exactly where, uh, 
and here's why. Uh, Hookerton was a town that uh, was more in the style of the other Old West towns. It uh, featured uh, saloon, prostitutes, and uh, all that. It was presumably named after Erastus Hooker. Uh, but uh, Hookerton uh, was a thriving town in the mid eighteen hundred, mid to late 1800s. And then somewhere between 1887 and 1891, Hookerton disappeared completely off the face of the, of, of the earth. And nobody knows why. Couldn't even find abandoned buildings or nothing. Read about it and maybe help me find some evidence of Hookerton. Tomorrow, Chris Hart on KDXU and the Andy Griffin Show. We'll talk to you then.